0: Hi everyone, welcome to the 14th episode of the Slow Spin Society podcast. As always, I'm Fabian, and today I'm with Paul.
1: Hi everyone. And
0: today we're going to be discussing terrible ideas and trends in the fixed gear community. But if you want to hear us talk about ultralight sub 4 kilo road bikes or the new limited edition Gravel Kings, or maybe even how to monetize your dank internet memes, then you should listen to the pre-show. You can access the extended conversation of the podcast at patreon.com slowspinsocietypodcast, but more on that later.
1: All right, and I am going to start with a strong one, a terrible trend. That I think started in BMX but slowly made his way its way into fixed gear and it is oil slick parts. So like also called petrolled parts. I think it just looks super ugly.
0: Yeah, I think I think I jumped into the whole well not really jumped into the scene, but I don't think I've ever seen this before, so like how does it work? Do they just pour petrol on the parts and let it dry or something or?
1: I don't know, but you know it gives that effect when there is like patrol in um in a pool of water. And oh, it has like, like uh, that rainbow, right? Yeah. Yeah, the rainbow effect. And I've seen bikes full of that. You know, like every part is patrolled. And it's just oh, it's just ugly. I just don't like it, you know?
0: It's giving that like CSGO knife. The CSGO <laughs> knife look. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: I think the worst thing I've seen is I was on AliExpress and I was looking for dumb stuff and I've seen disc brakes and the title was Oil Slick Patrol Disc Brakes and oil and slick is two words you don't want to see next to disc (laughs) (laughs) brakes it's just no don't don't do it you know
0: it's like yeah, if you wash if you're washing your your wheels and they have disc brakes on them, like the the discs, and you kind of like fuck up, you put you put maybe some degreaser on on even a tiny bit of the disc, you can like contam contaminate the entire thing. Like not the best <laughs> idea to, to fuck with that with no. oil oil slick or anything like that.
1: Also, full disclaimer about today's episode, um, our opinion is our opinion only. If you have any of the parts or if you have any of the behavior mentioned in today's episode, it is completely up to you. We don't dislike you. <laughs> we are fine with everything. It's just trends or things that we thought were something completely out of place or almost dumb, you know?
0: Yeah, if you like your bike, that's all that matters, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you, if you ride it also, please ride your bike. Yeah,
0: just don't expect us to do the same.
1: <laughs> no, you know mine is on the wall and it, it's been sitting there for a few years now. <laughs> All right, uh, what is the next one?
0: Ooh, super deep aluminum rims. So are are these the ones that are like that you can find on like the the Instagram fixed gear brands where they have like oh you can get the same frame but with blue wheels but with red wheels or
1: oh yeah those are like usually super cheap yeah. But you know, like those super colored wheels that are, I think, really attractive to people who just begin fixed gear. You yeah, know, they usually get dirty pretty fast and yeah. get ugly.
0: <laughs> but things like as well, if you, if there's like, if you think about customizing a bike, if you're not in like the bike scene, then you wouldn't even know what the crankset is or what the hubs are. You would only think yeah. about like the color and oh, the rims are nice and pink, you know, shit like that, and. Yeah, I think it's more of like a beginner thing. I mean, I wouldn't say beginner, but it's a certain type of person that would... I mean, they just really care about having a bike and that looks cool, right? Yeah. I think that's fair as well. It's just not something... I mean, it's not something that I would do, to be honest.
1: Something that is not fair, though, is like some of those rims, they're like 90 millimeters deep. (laughs) So a carbon rim that is 90 millimeter is already... Heavy, right? super heavy but when it's aluminum it's like you have like a 2.5 kilo wheel just one wheel you know <laughs> that, that's crazy and I've seen some people riding this and I'm like you must have the strongest legs <laughs> out there because to spin those oh my god
0: but there's also that one company that makes them now not 90 millimeters, but I think they're on Velomine mm. Okay, I don't know, but they also make like colourful wheels and they're they're not deep or anything, but like the rim is colored and they look pretty okay. Like depending on on the one where it's put. I mean again I wouldn't do it, but they're not ugly or anything. Just you know, it depends.
1: I mean, right now we're talking about like low quality ones because for example you take like a velocity deep V. That's the one that's the one. That's it looks super banger, you know. It looks so good. That's what I was thinking Especially, of. I remember like that image I've seen on internet, and you know, you ever seen that image of like a super beat up candle truck? Like I think it is the one that Amy Danger own right now. Okay. Like super super beat up, and that guy had velocity, uh, so deep V mm. green ones that he rattle can paint black, and now because of like. I don't know, like road gravel or every, everything. It scratches the rim, you know? So it scratches the black paint and you can see the green underneath. And it just has that beat up, super nice look, like so cool. And I'm like, ah, God, this is cool. I, I like to do that, but you know what? It is not my idea, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but yeah, it just looks cool.
0: Um... On to the next thing. So I think this is where I kind of started looking at bikes and stuff. Because I, I remember this, but ultra short risers. And yeah, when I first bought my, my first fixed gear bike, so Dolan Precursor, it came with these. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? What am I, what am I doing with this? I was like riding it for the first <laughs> time. Like, is this supposed to be this way? Did they break off or something? <laughs> <laughs> it it was, not, was not comfortable. It was it was pretty shady turning with it. And I don't think they look good at all. And I mean I've seen like the ones I had were like actual risers with grips on them. But I've seen people that just have like a small metal bar, like a metal tube between the yeah. in the stem. And that's kind of I mean that's pretty like DIY. I mean it, it was it's cool to think about like oh just using a pipe, but at the same time it's I would never do that and I don't think it looks good.
1: No, Asselina. And you know, it's like there is short riser and short riser. There is short risers that are uh the lens between your shoulders, you know? Yeah. So probably like 42 or 44, like an actual job bar. And there is like people that are just the place. They, they just have enough space for one hand on each side of the riser, <laughs> you know? And it's just... They're just like super, super like yeah it just looks small and not comfy at all and yeah i remember when people were writing that and i was like no man that that is that's not okay and in my defense i wrote short risers too i think i wrote like 40s at some point so like really short you know so i've done it too it was a trend at some point (laughs) (laughs) gotta conform to the trends (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> need to follow the pack you know <laughs> uh but yeah people were like yeah but because i have shirt risers i can fit anywhere blah blah and then just a little bit afterwards people were like yes but it is if it's smaller than the actual size of my shoulders you know the the lens between my shoulders my hands are gonna fit between cars but not my shoulders so not my body basically so it it doesn't it doesn't work you know <laughs> yeah
0: didn't wasn't really thought through all the way
1: yeah but on that note though i've been riding on drops more often recently nice right yeah so nice you fit everywhere but one of us one i've of been us. riding on wide. <laughs> <laughs> i've been riding on the wide risers so long that when i am on drops i feel like my bike control is so bad you know
0: yeah
1: i don't know i just i feel like i need to learn again last time i was was Diego and he was like, oh, it's actually not that way it's this way. So he did like a 180 and just went the other way. I wanted to do a 182 but <laughs> I almost crash into a car parking there because I know. you know it was drops. I was like, oh my god this is I don't know this is really small it doesn't I don't know So
0: you can just move a tiny pinky and boom, you're on the floor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I need to relearn drops.
0: At least now you know how to do like one eighty in the air, right?
1: Yeah, I've learned one eighty in the air, and worst geez, case, my just, body just hurts. do that
0: in pre- like suddenly, it's that funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> On twenty five C tires, like wow.
0: Yeah. Um, so another thing that's written down here are like that's a that's a bad trend or AliExpress tires. So Ali- AliExpress tires is known. are not tires. Yeah. So AliExpress is known for like selling cheap shit, and you basically know what you're getting getting yourself because nothing good quality it costs a dollar fifty. But no. <laughs> so some tires on Ali- AliExpress, right? They're like you said, they're not really tires. or are they?
1: So you know, it's like it's not the usual tire when you have your tire and your inner tube. It's just one piece of rubber. That you put on your room. So, oh, like that? <laughs> one yeah. solid piece. Yeah, one solid piece of rubber. So They make every color possible. And it's just, oh my god, it triggers me so But I've never seen them in real life. I don't want to, though.
0: Like, um, I, I think they have them in, in some cities now as well in Europe. But in Singapore, there's like a bike. There was or there is a bike sharing service. So like there's like these bikes parked around. You have a QR code. You use the app and then you can use the bike. And these bikes, they didn't use inflatable tires, so like tires with an inner tube. They used, I think what you're talking about, just like a piece of rubber. And the wheel is just like a, this big piece of plastic with like small holes in the middle to make it a bit comfy. But the the general idea was that you wouldn't have to like ever repair it or if it's flat. There, it cannot be flat. It always works. Yeah. But it just it's really heavy. It looks shit. It doesn't feel that nice either. Yeah, it must it
1: must feel like so like smushy, you know. Yeah, and I think this is
0: a good link to the next bad bad trend that is, or that was, or that is thick slicks.
1: It's still a thing, I feel.
0: Yeah, so these these are generally sold with. I mean, I don't know what what are they generally sold with, like like pure fixes or like the the really cheap, like Santa fixing bikes. I don't know, but yeah, thick slicks. I think initially they were kind of a trend because they were just like thick rubber and you could skid on them forever. But at the same time, they're just super heavy. They have no grip on anything. And yeah, it's just just a piece of plastic in the end.
1: I'm going to put this out there, but they're plain dangerous. Yeah. You have no grips at all. And I understand they are on beginner's bikes because it's easy to skid. And yeah, why not? But... It's easy to skid, but you don't stop, you know?
0: <laughs> you just keep skidding until the end.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it doesn't... There's no point. And yeah. I don't know, I, like, at some point, they were super trendy, you know? I've never been into those. But at some point, everybody was writing Six legs. And I don't know, they have that logo on the side. Yeah. They are really recognizable. And yeah, you know, why not? But like, I don't know. I've I've never really been into that, and yeah. I think I feel like a tire that has no groove at all just don't look that good.
0: No, it it looks really like yeah, like it's not a complete tire, and if yeah, if there's like a tiny, if someone like drops drops um like a, like some water on the floor, or like spits on the floor, you can just slip on that and you just fucking wipe out. <laughs> it's it's yeah. really scary. I mean, I mean like yeah.
1: The the entire city transforms into your bathroom floor. <laughs> yeah. Step <laughs> <Except laughs> out the shower. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is shower time.
0: Yeah. But well, I guess people won't know how people won't know how these are until they've actually like tried different ones. Different tires.
1: Yeah. But I heard they're pretty durable though.
0: Yeah. I mean it's just like a piece of plastic, it lasts forever.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think one thing that is I would say the 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 heritage of six lick is you know black mambas
0: the the, the snakes
1: yeah okay. so it's also a tire made by blb and they are like super thick super resistant super like yeah like basically if you put it on the rim and it's so super hard to put it on the rim because like those are crazy stiff and hard yeah if you put it on the rim and you don't inflate it, you could think it is inflated because it's so hard already, you know? Uh. And so people are writing that because I think it's like 30 bucks for a tire and it basically lasts forever. If you're a lot into skidding, it will last you like, yeah, so long. <laughs> but I've seen people that ride that tire and they've rotted it for a while now. Skidding a lot and it's a square. The tire is square now. Completely square.
0: Four skid patches.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, not square like that, like square square profile, you know.
0: Okay. Oh, like the top part is just gone. Yeah, the
1: the top part is completely squared. And yeah, it looks scary, but it's still there, you know. It's so durable and resistant to to skidding. I don't know how much gum they put on top, but it must be a ton lot.
0: Should give we should give a pair they should sponsor Wolfbots.
1: <laughs> Maybe he already rides <laughs> <write> those. <laughs> Probably. And yeah, they are an absolute pain to get in and out of a rim. Because yeah, you ju- you need like
0: titanium thumbs to,
1: <laughs> to put it on there.
0: Then at least the next trend is not has nothing to do with tires, and that is the lack of bar end plugs. And I think most of most people have heard of like the the myth or like the danger that if you don't have bar bar end plugs and you crash, you could like stab yourself with, the, with your bars and take out a piece yeah. of your flesh. And I'm sure that probably happened to someone. I mean, I've never seen it happen to anyone, thank God. And But just because I also think it looks nicer if you have bar end plugs. That's why I always make sure I have bar end plugs. Except at one time, people in Discord may remember, but I posted a picture of my big blog and on the way... While I was cycling, my one of my bar and plugs fell out. And that, that was like a mistake, so I don't actually ride like that always. <laughs> but, yeah. I I always have bar and plugs normally. And I mean you can even if you're if you're missing one and you don't want to buy like new bar tape or bar end plugs, you can just use like a wine cork or something, you know, and paint it black. Yeah. But yeah. Seems like something an easy fix for for a semi big risk.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And if you have bar and plugs, you don't need to put uh tape you know to on your bar on your bar tape to finish it you can just finish it into the into the end of the bar put a plug in there and yeah it's not gonna move anymore much easier eh? but yeah there was there was a moment i was riding without bar tape because i thought it was like super cool and (laughs) you know like less is more blah 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 and one time it was raining i had uh i remember i had like carbon monkey bars Okay. It was raining. I was going back home and pretty down, pretty steep downhill. And, you know, I'm just getting my way through to not going too fast. Um, and at some point, my hand slipped oh, no. off the bar and I almost ate shit so badly. Like, <laughs> I was like, okay, tomorrow I'm buying bar tape. This is a thing now. <laughs> because my hand just slipped, you know? Yeah, and I was so I don't know how I did not crash, but I was so lucky. And I was like, "Yep, bar tape is a thing now. I want bar tape." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, bar ends and bar tapes. you probably gonna get. You probably want to get that at some point. Yeah, like one of like the um, the best
0: 10, 10 euros you could spend on your bike probably. Or the yeah, the I most totally tech.
1: get the I totally get the less is more style though. I think people are really good to to uh communicate that <laughs> but yeah I, I feel it's just safer you know yeah. maybe i'm just an old man now since i'm 25 but oh <laughs> yeah
0: yeah not, another thing is so this is perhaps more well this is like a mix between parts and behavior that is like a bad trend but on on reddit at least there was this one poster in the in the, in the subreddit who was writing brakeless in a city between cars while using tt bars and the guy didn't know how to brake while brakeless while using tt bars and obviously he ate shit and i think that's just something no one should be doing brakeless and tt bars in a city i mean i mean
1: you can have brakeless and tt bars but just don't put yourself in the time chill bars in between the cars you know yeah
0: like in the city like it, i mean it makes sense if you're going like outside you're going fast or something but if you're yeah if you're going fast in tt position and you don't know how to stop suddenly then you just don't fucking do it
1: yeah <laughs> i've seen uh, i've seen people doing that in paris and yeah it, it just looks dangerous you know yeah there's that one guy in particular uh i don't know his name but I, I don't know who he is, but I've seen him in some group rides and he has like tt bars and what he does. And so let's say like a group ride, it, it lasts like an hour and a half. Okay. During that entire time, what he's going to do is go at the very end of the proton, put him Put himself into his tt bars. And then mash his way through everyone, like, full speed, you know? Why? And then break again, wait, go back to the end of the ton and do the same thing. It is so dangerous, especially in a group ride. Like, if you happen to just, like, I don't know, avoid something, and he's just behind you, and he doesn't have the time to turn, he's just gonna crash into you full force with, like, the TT bars... it is so like that's just shitty behavior to me you know yeah
0: that's like the type of person you don't ride ride with in the group
1: (laughs) no absolutely i have no problem with people doing tricks in group rides and like i don't know like doing sprints anything really you do everything everything is fine with me as long as you respect the safety of others you know
0: yeah definitely
1: but just using people in the group ride as i don't know checkpoints to slalom between it is not something i support by any mean it is super dangerous and please don't do it
0: especially if you don't tell the other people about it first right
1: yeah i mean yeah and you like you do it once People ask you to stop, and then you just nah. I don't know, man. It's just my thing. You don't care. You continue doing it. Nah, it's just nah to me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It is. Yeah, it's it's dangerous. Yeah.
0: Um. So another thing that I think is more more of a trend with new riders is that, of course, it's a good idea to have a break when you're new to fixed gear bikes, right? Or just in general. But yeah. a bad trend is to have a rear brake, even though you could have a front brake. So just having a rear brake and no front brake, that makes no sense at all, especially with a fixed gear bike. But like in general, yeah. if the front brake has way more power than the rear brake, and on the fixed gear bike, if you already have a rear brake, so
1: yeah, kinda yeah.
0: So yeah, just having a rear brake, hand brake, and uh, and no front brake, it doesn't make any sense
1: this being said though i can feel some people are scared of front brakes you know oh because if they have only one yeah Yeah. because of going over if there maybe they think like oh maybe because i have only a front brake and i don't know how to skid if i have to do like an emergency stop i'm definitely gonna go over
0: yeah like
1: i can get that
0: yeah i guess that that's also like that's one way to see it as well
1: yeah but yeah, it, I mean, if you need new to fix your riding, a front brake is just the, the the better way to do it. And if you ever don mountain biking, uh, you already know that it is almost impossible to fly over if you use your front brake and you just manage your uh, weight placement yeah. on your bike. It's like eating back, right? Yeah. So, because... Like when doing mountain biking, for example, you almost never use the rear brake because if you use the rear brake, you just you slam it, you start skidding, and then you're not stopping at all because gravel, dirt, and everything is just gonna make you slide like until the bottom, basically. Uh, so yeah, front brake is way more usable, way more effective, and if you know how to place your weight on your bike. Uh, you should like no problem it should be should be all right
0: yeah and another thing related so this isn't the list this isn't isn't on the list but something just popped in my head is i think like paul you would know about this more than i do but for example in japan you need to have two handbrakes by law right yes and i've seen some pictures of people that attach their handbrakes they attach it to like their seat post or something I've than.
1: done that. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: I think that's so stupid though. Like
1: it's like it's a suicide brake and so by Japanese low, you need two two brake levers yeah. and two brake calipers. So for have example, having having a front handbrake and having a rear uh coast coastal brake yeah. doesn't work. It is not legal. So suicide brakes is like your front, like you make your cable, your brake cable as short as possible and so you have like your front lever uh, on the down tube and your rear lever on the seat post and it's doable with NGS frames because they have such thin tubing, you know? Uh, but it is just, yeah it's stupid but you can ride basically with you're riding brake class because like to activate your brakes and when it's on your seat post it's just a bad idea you know and <laughs> so yeah you, it's like writing brakeless but legally you know
0: yeah and that's kind of like what i mean like if you're going through all the hassle to install cables and brakes and calipers and you might as well just have them on your bars right
1: you know it's the cool factor <laughs> sometimes you just want to be cool by saying Oh yeah, I have brakes. I'm, I'm I'm legal, but I'm not using them. <laughs> and you show everyone you're not using them because they're not usable.
0: And then everyone starts clapping and gives you hundred euros. Absolutely. Do <laughs> like bam, have my kids. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, okay. The so.
1: next one, the next one is something that triggers me, and it is having. A high column of spacers on your fork, but a really negative angle stem. So I'm not talking about minus 17 degrees when your stem is just parallel to your top two. Yeah. I'm talking about minus, minus 30 degrees, you know, when you have like super steep angle, but you have like a ton of spacers. So it's basically having a straight stem.
0: Yeah, there's no, it makes, it's really counterintuitive. It hasn't, makes no sense.
1: It makes no sense. I feel for some people, it has like a certain style and people like it. But yeah, it's just, it it doesn't make sense. You know, I've seen people like keeping a lot of spacers just because they're like, oh yeah, man, I don't want to cut the tube too short because if I, if I resell my bike, I can understand that. But if there, if you are the one riding the bike right now, just enjoy it and cut it the right size especially if you have like a lot of spacers above your stem it can be like so dangerous if you crash
0: all oh, above your stem yeah yeah yeah
1: Yeah. on to the next one we're going really fast but we, we
0: still have quite a there's lot there's a there,
1: there's a lot to talk about there's it turns <laughs> out there's a lot of terrible things <laughs> in cycling that happens
0: this one might not be fixed gear specific, right? This is just no. Okay, so yeah, clipless sandals, and I mean I, I wrote this down because I saw like this picture of someone who made uh, clipless Crocs, and I thought that's a that's a horrible idea, and then which wha- is
1: the biggest power move ever? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: clipless Crocs. Uh, and then I was googling more, and there are actually like proper sandals made with um like a clipless system. So I mean maybe that's that works better, but at least the clipless Crocs or clipless flip-flops or whatever, I don't think those those are a good idea. Cuz like you just you're just going to destroy the sandal before you destroy the cleat.
1: Yeah. Uh clipless sandals. I've seen people using them for bike touring. Yeah. And, I mean, there is definitely demand for this, you know? Yeah. I have also seen uh, Austin Orr's, uh if you don't know Austin Orr's um, legendary messenger in Brooklyn or New York. Um, I think first ever writer sponsored by Brooklyn Machine Works. And he has that giant brooklyn World bmx and in, in his place which is basically the lens of a bus hmm. uh, but yeah i've seen him use those just for like you know casual riding in in summer times yeah you know what i'd like to try those <laughs>
0: don't forget to wear the socks
1: <laughs> linus tech tip style <laughs>
0: yeah i think it's mainly for like people that go bike touring or something who, who are not like Skidding or pushing a thousand watts or anything—it's just like casual and open air. I mean, seems fine as well.
1: Yeah, the time I saw him using them, though, he was on a free gear, Mm. a single speed free gear with a brake with front brake. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense as well. Then,
0: just don't do it yourself, (laughs) like Crocs or (laughs) something.
1: Uh, on to the next one. And yeah, this is not, that is also not fixed gear related, but there's weird bottom bracket standards. So most stuff fixed gears are English thread. So like normal thread, bottom bracket. And it's durable, bomb proof. You know, there's so many out there. You can have them in Square Taper, Holotech, Octalink, everything. There's a lot out there. And it's it has been the industry standard for years. But people thought it was a good idea to do, I don't know, uh, press fit, for example. Which is... I think it's almost dead in 2021. Because nobody wants to do press fit anymore. Because people know it is not durable now. And italian threading fuck italian threading (laughs) especially if you don't know your your friend has italian threading and you try to fit like a normal bottom bracket and you're like oh it doesn't fit or even worse you fuck the thread and then yeah you don't want that so Yeah. yeah i don't know why there's like so many weird standards uh in like yeah uh bottom bracket like even like spanish bottom bracket are you know they they come from bmx and yeah they're just they're just a pain so yeah i mean english threading bottom bracket they would just work you know they work great why not keep that and forget about the rest i understand people want to Make progress and create new things, but it works good. Let's just skip it, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I don't really have to comment on this because I have no idea. I don't have any idea about bottom bracket sounds
1: <laughs>
0: I'm like, okay, I I agree with Paul. Fuck press <laughs> fit.
1: I mean, bottom bracket. It's part of those things, you know. When it's part of like bottom bracket and headset sizing, that a millimeter of difference can completely fuck your frame yeah and yeah it is just a pain you know because you just never know which one is the good one and yeah i i don't like those
0: i heard people say that like if if one wants to restore an old road bike they should stay away from old french bikes because those have like really fucked up yeah stuff. they
1: have like french threading that is again different from english or italian threading and yeah i mean (laughs) it's just like i don't know like it worked fine why do italians and french have to say like oh ho let's make things different you know
0: (laughs) just to have their own name on the standard let me
1: stick my baguette into this and yeah we'll make a different thread no just keep the old one It, it was working good you know
0: yeah and it's nice if like if all the parts were interchangeable, but now there's so many different standards for everything, right? No one can agree. Yeah. Like, okay, just use this he- headset type, use this bottom bracket type, and then boom, bada bing, bada boom, done.
1: Yeah, and for example, for like press fit bottom brackets, installation and maintenance requires special tools. You can't do this at home, and you need to go to bike shop, blah blah. But normal bottom bracket they're just like standard tools everybody has that and you can maintenance them yourself and it's not that complicated as long as you follow the good instructions so sometimes it's just the bike industry that wants to move forward but they're actually going backward you know it's just not user friendly
0: um okay so next trend and this yeah, this is kind of also a thing with new fixed gear cyclists, it's the lack of foot retention. And I yeah, mean there's some, some people, people just yeah,
1: don't.
0: Some people they have one strap and that's okay. Sure, if, if it works it works, but then there are people without any straps or any cages or any clipless system. They just have flat pedals. But bro, I, I go slow and nothing ever happens, it's fine. But like, something's going to happen eventually. Like it just yeah. takes a, a rainy day and your foot to slip and you'll just like eat shit.
1: Yeah, not a good idea. I'm gonna put... Okay, unpopular opinion time. Oh, no. I think, at some point, if you're already an experienced rider, not as an everyday thing, or I don't know, just, I don't know, unpopular opinion, really, but sometimes, if you don't have foot retention, so I don't know, let's say, like, you have your Sunday bike, and it is SPDs, okay? And you're too lazy to put your SPD shoes on, so you're gonna go to your local coffee shop with normal shoes on SPD pedals, so basically no food retention, right? It kind of forces you to have that flow, you know? You're not riding fast, but you know, stopping is not ideal and <laughs> possible at that point. So you just, I don't know, it force yourself to like I don't know, like we, we said before, but look twenty seconds into the future and force you to have that really, really smooth flow between cars and I don't know, at some way it just looks nice and when I'm saying that I'm thinking about Style Life Studios. Sometimes he put out their videos of that guy on I think a MASH uh AC two frame or parallax, I don't remember. And he has no foot retention and he's jamming down New York traffic. And he just like you know, it's beautiful to see because it's like a fish going like going along a river. It it's just so nice, you know. He's not stopping, he's just like going a little bit slower and then accelerating a little bit. And yeah, I don't know. It maybe, maybe. It just can improve your your flow, you know,
0: yeah, you weren't right about the unpopular opinion <laughs> <laughs> I think this is like I mean, I think this is like like you cycling without handlebar tape, you know it can just be out of yeah. your control, and if your your foot slips, you cannot do anything, yeah, like at least with the handlebars if your hand slips, you could maybe somehow still catch it you you have two hands, but if your foot slips, the pedal will keep turning, it will fuck you in the back of your leg and.
1: Yeah. I mean, you definitely need to know how to bail, you know, <laughs> jump out of the bike and say, okay, bye-bye. Yeah. But I don't know. I just think it's a cool move. Sure. Uh, <laughs> it, it's a cool move. Just don't do it. You know, like <laughs> let people with the cool factor doing the cool moves. Uh, yeah. Don't, don't do it. I would not ride something without foot retention for more than a few kilometers, you know? but yeah like for example okay for example uh people in the um, our discord server knows that but last monday uh i've went uh i went to it was like 40 minutes outside of paris by train to buy two frames and one was just with parts you know all separated And the other one was already complete as a complete bike. And I went and I bought both uh, and come back to the train station and I decided to go back home. It is, I don't know, like a 10 minutes ride. And the bike I was riding had no foot retention. And I had my really, really big backpack was inside the frame. The wheels, everything to build a bike, right? Yeah. So I had no foot retention, and I went back home like this. And it is just, you know, like you need to focus, and you're definitely going slower because, I mean, foot retention, the fact that you cannot pull on your pedals, it makes just you go slower, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. You have that feeling. I had that feeling of super smooth ride. And if I really needed to, to break, I will. Uh, I was gonna do like I would do a, a touch move, just foot break and jam my, my foot in there. But I don't know. It 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 kind of has like a special feeling. I am not telling, audience, listen to me. <laughs> I am not telling you should do it. Please don't do it, <laughs> because I don't want to have any deaths, <laughs> uh, on my conscience. But I don't know. It was just a different experience. And when you always um, used to have like that foot retention and you can skate it pretty much every time, you know, every moment, not having this and having your mind like hyper-focus kind of makes for a different feeling. That was my unpopular opinion.
0: (laughs) All right. All right, all right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it makes sense what you say. What's the next thing?
1: The next one is writing a dented or a cracked aluminum frame.
0: Okay, so yeah. If your aluminum frame is cracked, it's pretty much dead, right?
1: Yeah, you don't want to write that. I mean, no. you can't even write that. No. But if it's a small dent, I feel it's okay.
0: Yeah, if it's a small dent, it's okay. But if it's like a bigger dent on... Uh, let's see, like the down tube or something. I I don't think I would ride it then anymore.
1: Yeah, and if it's like a middle sized dent, but on like the the seat stays or the chain stays, especially the seat stays, I would not do it. No, because like those take so much force when you skidding sideways.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, you don't want that.
0: So especially, okay. so if it's cracked, no, it's dead. If it's dented, then yeah you have to see but
1: if it's cracked and you have someone that can repair aluminum around you you can always try but it will it's not really meant to to be durable like no. repairing aluminum hasn't really been a thing
0: so yeah I was reading about that and apparently like if you repair aluminum by like welding it again or something it actually makes it even weaker
1: than before because you create a stress point yeah because that part you know like a a frame made of tubes like the force you put through it just flows through the tubes you know yeah and if you if you weld a little crack it, it interrupt that flows and the force it just gets stuck in there in that exact point so yeah it makes it actually like not weaker but doesn't make for a good ride but i mean yeah. like if you if you have like a i don't know like a five millimeter crack into into your brand new nice aluminum frame and you want to repair it then i mean i wouldn't be mad for that just i would try to you know (laughs) i remember there's that guy who bought a candle track for extremely cheap um in japan and the candle track had a dent at the top of the seat tube so you couldn't insert a seat post in there. <laughs> so everybody was like, yeah, it's dead. It, it's not happening anymore. And the guys send it to Ganwell, uh, the the Japanese frame maker. And so Ganwell does NGS frames, does carbon frames, and also aluminum frames. And they actually repaired it for him. I don't know how, but yeah, they actually repaired it. Hmm. They just like you know it, it was it was not a nasty bend, so I, I guess they just bulge it from the inside.
0: Yeah, could be. Um
1: but yeah, have you ever heard about that technique when you if you if you have a lightly dented frame, you if you have a freezer large enough, you fill it with water and you put it in the freezer. And it might just bulge it from the inside with the water transforming into ice.
0: Okay, first, who has a freezer big enough for a bike? <laughs> and <laughs> second, I don't know if I would do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just something I wrote on the internet, and I was like, ah, I'll and probably never try that, but saw, maybe. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah, I thought you were going to say something else, because I saw this trick with like cars, where if it if a car has a dent, you can put like, like, a, like, a, like a dildo with a suction cup. You stick oh, it to yeah. the dent, and then you pull it, and you pull the dent out. i mean (laughs) sure
1: yeah it's so impressive because car paint now it's so flexible you know yeah sometimes it has a dent and the paint is just intact and you put it back together and the paint is still intact and yeah that's crazy all right uh moving on to the next one fabian
0: uh so the next thing is killing new ideas so this is a yeah this is a bad trend i think in cycling the cycling like field as a whole where people are kind of opposed to new things entering the field, like like I mean some can be justified, some cannot be justified. Like press fit bottom brackets for example, that's a new thing. People are against it. Or Paul at least. Or disc yeah, breaks. Fuck press fit. <laughs> disc <laughs> brakes, Those are that's really like love it or hate it type thing. People are either like save the rim brake, rim brakes forever, or, you know, they love disc brakes. But Yeah. yeah and of course we're talking shit about like half the trends in the cycling in the fixer community so we're also kind of like perpetuating one normal (laughs) normal bike one normal way people should do shit but yeah we're not really yeah we're not really like authorities on on making trends of course but i feel like cycling in general like with with like instagram and social media people like talk shit about certain things and they just want the same thing. They just want to talk shit about other things as well, right? New things.
1: Yeah. I mean, I still remember when people thought splat, splatter paint was the ugliest thing out there, you know. And now it's everywhere.
0: Squid is like, hold my spray can.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've done that too, you know. Sometimes I was like, yeah, no, that's new. Fuck that. And in the end, it's like, oh, it's actually pretty nice. I mean, you know what? Uh, we, we talked about it in the pre-show, but color tires. Uh, So before I was like, that looks ugly as hell. And now I'm looking at the Gravel Kings and I'm like, I understand why are they out of stock? Because it looks so good, you know?
0: Yeah yeah i think these things will always be in in most like hobbies but they just evolve over time right like what the 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 main group or the the main the majority likes and doesn't like i i wonder what is out there right now that people are kind of making fun of but might be a next big thing type thing like i can't think of anything right now
1: Mm, me neither i don't know magnesium bikes (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah i mean those, those are pretty cool though uh, <laughs> i think only one company in the u.s makes them though right now
1: yeah because you it requires like super super special equipment yeah i think magnesium is actually it's not as hard as titanium to work with but you need like pretty specialized equipments
0: yeah and they're supposed to be like as light as carbon as stiff as titanium and really cheap to make like a thousand like really cheap as in a full bike will be like a 1700 or something because there's so much magnesium in the world
1: oh you know what that's one people who write carbon frames and people in front of them that are always gonna say nah bro steel is real yeah like that's the thing that's, that's fun. one thing that's one there <laughs> I mean that's
0: like a really big fixed gear thing as well because there's like bikes with like 11, 11 gears and bikes with like disc brakes and stuff and then the fixer community is like fuck you i'll uh, use my one speed bike that cannot even stop <laughs> stop pedaling <laughs> like started like stuck in the past a bit so
1: yeah i think fixed gear is a part you know uh especially it uh okay it's in the list it's it's a little bit more down there but i'm gonna do it now um so i feel like cycling especially road cycling but it's also it also work for mountain biking and that sort of thing, gravel cycling too, it becomes and it's becoming more and more elitist. Group sets are through the roof and price frames are less and less affordable. And I don't know, like everything seems to be more and more expensive. And I don't know if if you follow, for example, influencers on Instagram or whatever your favorite social network, They ride with like full sponsored products and they have like crazy bikes, crazy setups that are worth like tens of thousands of euros. And they're like, oh, you know, I'm just Mr. Anyone. Uh, uh, I'm just riding my normal bike in my Hmm. normal forest. And no, you're not. It's like 10K you're riding right now.
0: Just riding my bike through my sixth, sixth floor mansion. Just like <laughs> you guys, <laughs> but yeah, I think like cycling, like historically and even now, it's just very uh, harmonious like group. It's always and and cycling in general has like a very high entry like cost of entry to have like all like the 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 the, the helmet and the, the bikes, the parts and everything is just very expensive. So in the end, it's mostly just gonna be like sixty year old retired white guys that. To have like Cervellos and shit, and they will be yeah. the ones looking down on on people who have like a Walmart bike or, or wherever. Like if you look at if yeah. you look at like through the fronts, it's all just the same type of guy copy pasted hundred times. Yeah, and
1: yeah, I was actually talking about that today, but I think this is also why Figs gear is having a comeback right now because with the world pandemic and Sarah more people started cycling and then cycling cycle sales went through the roof and everything is sold out and what is left is fixed gear yeah and i think some people get into got into fixed gear for that reason it's like oh i just need something simple to get me from point a to point b or just to have a little bit of fresh air and go cycle outside but I was talking about that today. The difference between a track crankset and a road one. You can have like a track Ace crankset from the 90s, and it's still relevant and compatible today on any fixed gear, basically, you know, and still, still going strong and it will probably outlast you. Dura Ace crankset today, people are complaining because. They're breaking them so often. And Shimano is like, wait, wait a minute. Dura-Ace is for pros. Pros <laughs> that are going to change their crankset every season. Yeah. So it is meant to break.
0: It's, it's dumb. And then they and then they sell Dura-Ace at like regular bike shops, right? To regular people.
1: Yeah. So I think that's why cyclist is becoming like more and more elitist. It's like, we're at the point that even crankset are something you consume you know
0: yeah and it's just and especially with fixed gear it's just there's less of like one one way to cycle one way to build your bike and in if you're in the peloton like pro racing it's always like carbon rims dura ace di2 it's always the same thing but in gear, you can just do whatever you want and it's much cheaper like a di2 the like dura ace di2 group set is what like a thousand five hundred bucks or something you can build like three bikes with that yeah,
1: yeah. Do you even E bro? <laughs> oh yeah, E the new cheap one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah. So I think that's one. I mean, like, elitism is like a big problem. I think in many communities, like mechanical keyboards, cycling, vintage car- classic cars—you know, shit like everything—it's a plague.
1: And yeah, that's my favorite part about base gear. It is affordable. Everybody can get into the hobby. And as long as you're safe, you shouldn't have any problem, really. You're definitely going to eat cheat at some point, but yeah, (laughs) it'll be fine.
0: Definitely. Another bad trend, I think. So someone brought this to my attention on the Discord, but there is a person, I'm not going to name names, of course, but there's a person on Instagram who's destroyed two or three Candle track frames with their style of writing. So I think if you already break one, that's, that's insane already. But if you break a second one because of the way you ride, whether it's like tricking or just like jumping stairs, whatever, I think that's a really dumb thing to do with frames that cannot be made again. That can you cannot yeah you cannot just have another track, Just there's a limited amount. So
1: yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, it keeps, keeps previously, up. but yeah. yeah, but it keeps coming up. Yeah,
0: but then then yeah, the, this one person said that there is a person who has owned two or three. And destroyed one or two of them. I think, like, come on, dude.
1: I feel there's a really, really fine line between having style writing a vintage frame set and, yeah, I'm gonna say it, I'm sorry, but being completely stupid and destroying it on purpose.
0: Yeah, like. I mean, there's, like, the, the guy in Berlin, Datos, who has his Candle track, and he does tricks, and he's good with it, and, like, he doesn't suddenly, like, fucking crash it or anything, so, like, sure. Yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't do it, but he's being careful enough because he knows his skills, but...
1: And he knows... I feel like, they, like, Maddie, uh Datos on Instagram, knows how to trick good enough to not break stuff. <laughs> um, But, yeah, some some people just think it is cool to destroy piece of history and yeah I'm, i am not okay with that it's
0: a very very stupid flex
1: yeah. yeah i feel like like people sometimes in the vintage car community does the same you know like how, how do you do destroy you, a
0: car like that you go too fast or something yeah
1: have, have you heard about um what's that rapper name um 50 cent travis scott yeah travis okay. scott huh. so travis scott Bought a pristine, old-school BMW M3.
0: Okay.
1: It's like cars... So the M3, the vintage M3, are is already, like, super expensive right now. It's, like, a collectible car. People want to have it. It is in that trend of, like, um, 90s cool cars. Anyway... And he bought like, because he has, um, I mean, he's a rapper, so he has a lot of money. So he bought like one of the cleanest M3 on earth. Really like clean title, like interior pristine, paint pristine, engine pristine, low mileage, everything super good, right? Mm. He customized it to look like a rally car and be in his video clip, you know, in,
0: in his yeah, music video. Uh, music
1: video. And pe- people got so mad at him for ruining it, you know? I don't know if White it was only mods that can be removed, you know? Maybe it's not paint, it's just a wrap on top of the paint, and I guess it's okay. But people lose their shit because it was so clean, and now it just looks like a random BMW M3. And he could have done the exact same thing with something that would cost him way less money, and was just a better option, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, and we might sound like like purists or something, like oh, you have to keep it uh, period accurate. Don't use it; just it's made of of gold, and you know. Nah, you know, dude, but I don't care. if no. You don't
1: have like Campagnolo parts on your Italian. Yeah, frame it's set. just
0: it's just like a basic, like decency when dealing with this type of thing, like candle track or whatever. Like it is piece of history in the end. And we're not telling you... like I'm not saying that you should not should put it in a, in a glass box, but at the same time, if you're writing it, preferably you wouldn't write it. You would just like maybe write it once a weekend or something when its perfect conditions and everything. That's yeah. just me. But don't go out there trying to test its limits and, and break it.
1: I mean, we talked about it last week, but Fixie Carl um, had an unfortunate crash yeah. with his one-on-one uh, Eddie Merckx. And... Yeah, it was a one-on-one. It was a one-off one. It's dead now. That's sad, but you know Is what? It? It's not like it's not like he was trying to crush it. No. You know. So shit happens. It's like that.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, in the end, that's like also part of its history, I suppose.
1: Yeah, that's part of his story, yeah.
0: But yeah, I rather it it something like that it finds its end of life being written like semi properly rather than being tricked on by someone who's careless
1: absolutely yeah okay on to the next one and that's a pretty funny one because if you see image of this on the internet it usually looks so diy and so bad it's called diy drillium (laughs) can you give us an explanation on that
0: so i think i'm not sure exactly from when this is but drillium is like a type of style when you yeah you drill holes a bunch of holes into components, either for style or to lose weight or both, and typically these are these parts come like you can buy them already, like pre-drilled, yeah. but then people do it themselves as well. So on, on... and they
1: do it in a really I- irregular way. Yeah. So you have different sizes of of holes and it's all over the place. And it just looks bad.
0: Yeah, okay, so apparently the drillian really was start, started or popularized in the seventies by by no one else than uh, none other than Eddie Merckx, weight obsessed Eddie Merckx. So yeah, yeah, there is a style to it. There is like a method to it. You know, like like a certain pattern you do. But if you do it yourself, you don't know what you're doing. It's just gonna look like someone stole some of your material or something like that <laughs> They put holes in there. Yeah. Um, there is a YouTuber uh, rides rides of Japan, rides in Japan. Uh, like the, the guy who yeah, lives in Japan, he has like the, the super ultra weight, ultra lightweight bike collection. And I think in one of his videos, he also tried to like drill holes into his uh, THM carbon crankset and like carbon everything just to make it a bit lighter.
1: like a clavicula? A THM clavicula? Yeah, yeah, I
0: think so. I think so. So He, he was... tried
1: to drill holes into that, it's carbon. Don't do that. So,
0: I'm not sure if it was that or like something else. Maybe it was like a ball cage or, but he was drilling holes into carbon shit.
1: Oh, no. It's a
0: safe way, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I cannot... I wouldn't do this ever. I don't recommend people to do this, at least with like, aluminum or carbon or, yeah, god forbid, titanium. But, I mean, it, it will, there's not a big chance that it will look good. I don't think it even looks good when Eddie Merckx was doing it. I think it looked really funky.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's a... It's a way to lose weight. And the way Eddie Mix did it was actually pretty clever. And one day, if you guys want, we can have like an entire episode about the history of like the hour record and and how Eddie Mix is really close and really deeply connected to, to that discipline. But yeah, Trillium is just something that it was pre- probably okay in the 70s but now like be, like things are CAD in 3D and you know like concept for years before getting released i don't think you can actually save weight by yourself your little diy way <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like we literally now we have ais doing parts for us the most impressive and efficient way to do them in three D printing shit and it lo- just looks like crazy. Uh, and then yeah, but people are still trying to to drill. Into yeah, fix the at home.
0: It's like oh, the drill go, brrr, and then just holes. <laughs> 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 this saves weight,
1: just saves weight.
0: Just drill, drill holes into tires.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's um. Uh, bespoke chain rings in australia he has a a drillium chain ring and it has like so many holes in it and it looks really good it's a good-looking chain ring and yeah i mean bespoke's chain rings in general are good looking
0: yeah except that one (laughs) (laughs) just to knock them off the potential sponsor list (laughs) no kidding (laughs) well yeah drillium is like either love it or hate it as well i think i'm not for it though yeah uh what else do we have okay last one
1: last one so yeah aerospokes and plastic rims so different, different shit uh aerospokes fiberglass and other rims i'm talking about like two or three or five batons we uh wheels that are plastic you know So, actually, I checked that afterwards, and yeah, it's not plastic. Uh, While I was staying, I was like, yeah, plastic sounds a little bit weak uh, for a REM, so I don't know. But yeah, so, apparently, it's an alloy of aluminum and magnesium, but it is still, like, dead heavy. Yeah. And just, yeah, they're cheap, but, like, they're super heavy, and they're not that good-looking. But people that really want three spokes, they can maybe buy that, you know? Hmm. Uh, but Aero Spoke, even if it, it looked cool and maybe it's doing a comeback, I don't know. At the really bottom of it, it was just a dumb idea. It's like super heavy, and <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, it's, it is. If your hub is dead, your entire will is dead. If I don't, I mean it can't come out of true because it's one silly piece of fiberglass. Yeah. But it was so heavy and I don't know at the base of it, it was just, just, I don't know. I don't feel it was like a good idea. You know what? It is part of the culture now and I'm glad it is. And yeah, at some point I definitely wanted uh, an spoke, and it was the coolest thing ever out there. But thinking back back of it i'm like nah not <laughs> aero spokes.
0: <laughs> what what counts as a plastic rim
1: i mean it's just like uh i was talking to that guy in paris and he had like that three spoke plastic rim and i mean i don't know if it's plastic or aluminum or anything but Anyway, it's not carbon fiber, and it's just here to imitate tree spokes carbon fiber. The wheel itself was 2.4 kilos. <laughs> 2.4 like kilos.
0: Well, we were talking about that earlier in the podcast, uh, a wheel that was two. Yeah, the, the, the deep aluminum rims, right? Also, like, that way. Yeah. <laughs>
1: See, that's... Yeah. yeah, that's not for me, at least. Nah, same. And yeah, one thing I wanted to bring, uh, because I think it's hilarious, is two spokes.
0: Two spokes. You've seen those? I think so. Yeah, two it, spokes. Where it's just like one straight thing yeah. to the middle, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it looks weird. It, looks, it cool. looks weird. You think it looks cool? I don't yeah. like it. I don't like it at all.
0: Save nine watts. Fastest wheel ever apparently.
1: <laughs> nine <laughs> watts what the fuck?
0: I think it looks pretty cool. Like, I want to see how it looks like when it's spinning, though.
1: Nah. I've seen one in real life, and it's a big nah for me. (laughs) From an engineering point of view, how can it be good to have, like, two points of pressure and none other? You know? I mean, I I guess people in the 90s said exactly the same shit about three spokes. Like, how you can have only three points of pressure and none others. But... Yeah, I don't know. It's just style wise, it just doesn't work for me.
0: Hmm. I mean, I'm never gonna have one either. I'm. I'm curious. I want to see it. I think no, I've never seen one actually. But yeah. But if it's like if it's like a fast forward wheel or something like a real, real rim, like carbon rim or something, I think it's you know whatever. It's just style difference. But if you're having like a heavy two spoke, three spoke, plastic heavy aluminum rim or something. I think, nah, never mind then.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd rather save money to buy the real deal, even if it's a Chinese copy. Uh Because I know carbon wheels are expensive. But buying a plastic one, just yeah, I've, I mean, for me, it doesn't look good, you know? It doesn't look good. And the, you can have, like, the r- nicest bike out there you put that on, you slap that on, and it just looks cheap instantly. But if you buy like a, or you build a nice pair of normal wheels with like normal spokes, at some point it can look premium, you know.
0: That's true. At some point, yeah. <laughs> what point that is, I don't know.
1: <laughs> okay, we we're gonna stop shitting on on people stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah. If you got offended during this episode, uh, I'm sorry. But not really. <laughs> Make sure to give us
0: a follow anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it was a it was a fun episode. It's all about it's our personal preferences, really. And yeah, you as long as you ride your bike, anything is fine. And you know what? It's also the fun part about fixed gear cycling is. New trends are stupid. Some makes makes the jump, some don't, but it's nice to see new stuff. That's true. All right, and this is pretty much all we have time for today. Everything we discussed today will be in the show notes on the blog, slowspinsociety.com. You can find us on our Discord server. The invite link is also in the show notes or by sending us an email at this address, losbeenpodcasts at gmail.com. And our personal Instagram accounts, I go under at underscore Paul underscore you and Fabian at fab.ism. Sharing the podcast with your friend is the easiest way to support the show or by giving us a good review on the platform of your choice. If you get value out of the show, why not consider putting value back in by visiting our Patreon page, patreon.com slash podcast and join the community. We're pledging at any level, we grant you access to the pre and after show, which is around 40 minutes of extra content per week. We are now at 13 Patreons, bringing us closer to our monthly goal and more privileges for every tiers. Thank you so much for your support. The music for the show is Loveless Windler by Maria, and the illustration is at Juliet Joe on Instagram. Alright, we'll see you guys next Monday. Bye bye. Bye everyone.